The Big Footy Port Adelaide podcast is proudly sponsored by New Vision. My team, Kanda, power. I love the power. power, power. I love the power. power, power. Good evening and welcome power. to the Port Adelaide Preview podcast uh, for the Round 8 match against the Adelaide Crows, which will be played on Saturday Twilight at Adelaide Oval. Uh, I'm Portia and joining me tonight is Robot Rick. Rick, how are you? Hello, Portia. I am good. Thank you. <laughs> no, I'm good. Yeah, it's uh, early morning. I probably I should have I should have got um, waterproof AirPods, and I could have gone for a beach and uh, swim in the beach and woke myself up at the same time. That's kind of the dream, isn't it? Doing a, a beachside podcast. Uh, I don't think it's viable for a huge number of reasons, but uh, yeah, no, it certainly would be a nice way to do it. That's for sure. Oh dear. Maybe, maybe that could be a show. What, what do you reckon? Podcast? That could be a show going for the hundred reasons why you shouldn't do a live beach podcast. <laughs> uh, I thought you were going to say you have a podcast done down at the what, the Lugs Bay Sailing Club or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear. Yeah. Right. And how are you? Oh yeah, I'm I'm quite all right. It's 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 become it's winter. It's finally winter. Um, it feels like winter. Uh, I've just put my heater on for the first time this year, so that's a, another expense back on. But uh, there you go. Um, yeah, uh, look, we've got um, right. a couple of people listening. Windy Runner and Ryan, so hello to both of you, and I assume there are probably a few others as well. Yeah, um, uh, oh, yes, good to, good to see our regulars on. Thanks for joining in, and uh, yeah. yeah, missing you guys, everybody. Um, you know, uh, it'll be nice to be able to do this show awake. Uh, in a normal hour soon. Well, where are you heading to after Florida this time? Uh, we're off to Chicago again on oh. the 19th. Okay. And uh, for two days. Got a, got, a, got a work thing up there. And um, then we come back down to the warm weather of Florida. And uh, and then I've got my, uh, my course, my business course in Boston. Um, so uh, on May 30th. And then, so we're off to Boston, and then, uh, then that's it. Then the, the holiday is over, and back on the seventh of July. But I must say, I do land. We la- we land on the seventh of July, so maybe that Thursday. Don't expect too much from me because <laughs> I, I might be tired. Yeah, I'd say so. So it does take I'm, a bit out of you. If you call me, I might just be, I might just be grunting on the phone. Which is no different to really when we lose the game. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> oh, dear. All right. Well, look, I mean, this is usually where we talk about the hot topics, but we only did a podcast two days ago, so not really much has changed, um, as far as I'm aware, uh, except for the huge changes to our uh, selections this week, and uh, not just in number, but also in, uh, I suppose, a change in player type as well. So we'll just talk quickly about that, I think. It's probably merits conversation. Um, so we've got outs, uh, Don Barry, Carl Amon, uh, Jasper Pittard, and then Aidan Johnson's out with injury. Um, so that's a lot of flankers gone. And then we're bringing in Chad Wingard, yes. Tom Rockliffe, Sam Palpepper, and Tom Cleary. So we've dropped basically four, I suppose, wingman, halfback, half forty types for, uh, I guess, really three mids and a key backman. 
it's a pretty big change. It's a pretty big change for by um, uh, Hinkley standards, that's for sure, to make that sort of significant on field change in position, not just in personnel. Did you say Johnson out? Apparently injured. That's all I know. That's all I saw is that he's got injured ah. next to his name. Yeah. So otherwise, I would have said, "Why isn't Nate out?" But um, yeah, no. If Johnson's yes. injured, well, well that's that's yeah. that's where I was going. It was just like I, I found um, the last two games, even though he hasn't got excessive amounts of ball, he's um, he's been quite nippy and uh, and uh, impactful for his limited exposure. Yeah, well, I mean, that's it. Like, that, it's it's the impact that we uh, really, obviously, like last week, you know, just that um, from players, just those the, those important possessions. You know, we had a lot of we had a lot of people, you know, get a decent amount of the ball, and there just wasn't a lot of fire in how the side played. I thought so. Uh, it's it, we've got a huge injection of that Correct. this week. We've got Wingard coming back. We've got Rockcliffe and Sam Palpepper both with something to prove. Very much so. Um, and then uh, obviously Cleary coming back in after his first time being dropped in a fair while, I'd say. Um, he's probably have a fair bit to prove as well. So it's going to be interesting to see what we do. Um, Are you happy with those changes? Uh, I'm not dissatisfied with them. I haven't really thought too much about... I guess the only thing I'm a little bit mm, about is that we've got four key backmen. Um which I wonder what that means. Does that mean that Howard's going to be relieving in Ruck a bit more this week? Um, and then we're going to rely on Cleary, Homsch and um, Jonas again? Or does it mean that we've decided, oh, well, they're a tall side, so we're going to play four backmen? Uh, mm, four, four tall backmen? Jonas? Jonas is quite a... Fa- uh, not Jonas, sorry. Um, Howard's actually quite a fast... He is. Um, right, he's a bit like Todd Marshall in defence. Look, that's uh, what's but, important, yeah, yeah. yeah, is that when you've got the young, tall guys, because those young, tall forwards, they all are fast as a rule. Um, it does mean that he's the perfect match-up for them because he'll slow down at the same rate they do when he does start slowing down when he hits his mid-20s. So, uh, yeah, no, he's, a, he's, he's, he's an ideal match-up for that sort of thing. Um, I will Could... note that um, Darcy Fogarty's been dropped and replaced with Taylor Walker, so I guess that kind of possibility to take advantage of a, a Crows tall forward setup. Um, diminishes a little bit. Um, yeah, and um, they've brought in Miles Pahoki for Wayne Malera. Apparently Malera is injured, I think. So uh, Hamstring. Hamstring, there you go. Um, but Pahoki, yeah. it's uh, another one that's going to just uh, get it Mission Possible. He was uh, Mission Possible's favourite player, effectively, from the draft that the Crows got him. Uh, and he went on record saying that he'd be gutted if uh, he ended up, didn't end up at, the, at Port Adelaide. So... Um, now, yes, to see him play against Port Adelaide this week. Isn't that lovely? <laughs> <laughs> oh, the irony. Oh, the in, irony. Brought, in, brought Miles in just for Mission Possible. Lucky guy. Um. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, it happens. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. So, who's... Do you know... Uh, this is a question on the fly. In, yes. So, who are the main... Who are the main crows that are still out with these uh, dubious hamstring injuries? Oh, I couldn't tell you that off the top of my head. Because uh, oh, I know there was a... On the field. Because <laughs> there was a few of them. Yeah. Like... Uh, oh, God, I don't know. Maybe, the, uh, maybe Windy Runner <laughs> or Ryan, they might know. But Because uh, I, I was reading an article yesterday about how they've changed their training. Yeah. Um, so they're not, do- they're not doing the, uh, the added leg um, strengthening 
because they think that's why they were doing their hamstrings. Right. Um, it's got a bit of Geelong about it to me, or Essendon. You know, it's not the peds, it's just the extra weight training. But, um, well, just but put, yeah. I just put up the injury list, and Taylor Walker is back from hamstring. Uh, and so the three currently out with it are Kyle Hartigan, Sam Gibson, and Wayne Malera. So... So not really main main players. So they don't have any excuses if they get toppled. No, I mean Sloan's out with foot. Um, apart from that, there's just a bunch of guys. <laughs> okay. So yeah. Sloan's their main player out. I'd say so. Yeah. Yeah. Although that's probably okay, well, that's probably something that Macca, if he was on, you'd say, "Oh no, no, you got to you're underrating." Da 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 and da da da. But uh, yeah, I guess we'll see. It makes um, makes good for uh, for us though because we don't have to have uh, this endless thread on uh, Big Footy about uh, tagging Sloan or not. No, no, that'll be that'll be nice, I suppose. Instead, we'll be talking about um, for tagging Rory Laird, I guess. <laughs> He's well, I'm looking, I'm looking forward. I'm looking forward to that conversation. Yeah, that'll be fun. Well, look, I, I guess we but, can. Uh, oh yeah, what do you got? Yeah. No, I keep talking. I was, I, was say, <laughs> <laughs> I was just going to say, I'm happy with those changes. I was even, I was even tempted to throw in an Atlee and a uh, a Tring mm. or a Tringo as well because we were just that insipid last week. Um, but yeah, I guess they're going to have to reward their seven hundred thousand dollar man in Rockcliffe as soon as they can because they have to justify um, what they've done, I guess. But uh, yeah, look, we need that hardness around the ball, especially uh, especially this week. So, um, yeah, I guess from afar looking in, the interesting thing's been the commentary um, from Port Adelaide supporters anyway, how, how what's the word, um, unmotivated, I guess, they are for this week's showdown. Have you uh, have you gathered that vibe or a bit hard As supporters, from, I can from understand because we're feeling stagnant and the Crows are looking pretty solid. And yeah, look, I mean, it's like if we had Stewie Jew as our coach right now with the same results, we'd be ecstatic, yeah, because we'd feel like yeah. okay, we could see a change, um, or that we've got we've got positivity that it's a work in progress. But when the work in progress has been a work in progress for as long as we've had Hinkley, it's hard to conjure uh, positivity when you can't see what's going to be the impetus for that change, when, when you don't have access to what is going to potentially create a better team than, uh, and a better team performance than what we are having this year and the year before and the year before and da-da-da-da-da. Um, so it's, yeah. It's, it's, uh, yeah, it's tricky like that. Um, I, I can understand it, but also, I don't know, hang in there, I reckon. We're, we're, we're not quite at our best side yet. And we won't be, I suppose, technically, with um, Hartlett out for the rest of the year. But um, we, we, we should be getting, well, we, should, we should be improving every week from now. That um, as um, Ryder gets fitter, and that enables us to play our main key position players in their main key positions. And Rockliffe, hopefully, this time he's come back and he's actually is ready to play. Um, Sam Pal Pepper should have a lot of fire, uh, ready to go. Hopefully. Uh, he's determined to get on with playing good football. I'm sure that's what every coach and every player has told him in this time off is that just concentrate on your football. And I think that's hundred percent what he's going to be doing this week. Uh, and Chad Wingard, look, he's a, he's a huge out for us. I mean, I know there were people complaining about how Chad Wingard uh, Chad Wingard's not having a great season, but I'll tell you what, 
That's bullshit. Yeah. <laughs> he was he was probably yeah. as much as anything who we missed last week. Um, just because we didn't have anyone that would uh, stand up when the rest of the team's looking a bit shit, really. You know, we had a, mm-hmm. a, a little bit of a, a peak, but uh, it's Chad Wingard who's a huge part of those um, those those comebacks, and uh, if he's not there, we, we miss him. So I think those are huge, three three huge ins for us this week. Um, yeah, yeah, and hopefully, well, he was a major con- reason to play. Sorry, he, he was a major contributor to our goal assists. He was one of yeah, our leading exactly. goal assist players. And top 10 in goal assists in the league, yes. And he was uh, he was still a uh, scoreboard contributor in yeah. most games that he's playing. Yeah. Um, I guess it's like what you're saying about the coach as well. Different coach. We, we all have expectations of what we expect the team to be doing mm. and also what we expect of the players. And um, sometimes I think the players could be, uh, or we could be a little bit unrealistic. Yeah, I think um, <gasps> Chad's that good. That it, I know. <laughs> but I think Chad, uh, everyone seems to expect 30, 30 possessions, three goals a game from Chad because he's that good. But obviously, he's not that good. And uh, and in a dysfunctional game plan that we're playing at yeah. times, yeah. Um, it makes it even harder for Chad. And it's the same for... I can't believe I'm going to say this, but I know you're going to agree. The Sam Gray haters, isn't it? Yeah, yes. it's, it's, Sam, <laughs> Sam is symptomatic of the game plan and the team performance. I know. I, I just want to point out dirty. for all the people that think I hate small forwards that I'm I'm the one that's um, most uh, standing up for Sam Gray and Chad Wingard right now. <laughs> yeah, I feel dirty. I feel like I need a shower, but. Um, but it's interesting you say that about the coaches because yeah, I mean I've been I've been when I've had access to reasonable internet, so I hope the internet here off the phone is okay because um, okay. yeah, it's not the best. But um, yeah, I've been arguing black and blue whether I'm big footy or I'm online on Facebook trying to educate uh, all these. Uh, uh, it's mainly on Facebook more than big footy. The uneducated that you know, it's not the fact that you know all these, come on, you've got to support the team and support Hinckley. He's doing a good job. And it's like, well, no, he's not really. And he, you know, this is his fourth year where he's, he's delivering nothing and nothing's changing. And, uh, and that's why supporters are getting restless. And, uh, and really I question you, the supporter who, who's okay with it all, because, you know, I don't. I don't expect anyone to go around slandering and bagging our players or even the coaches. But mm. surely we're allowed to question, and yeah, uh, and I can understand why people are disappointed. Yeah, yeah, and I look. I mean, it, it's it's okay to be critical. It's not okay to just be talking shit all the time. <laughs> I guess there's a, there's a difference between having criticism and being frustrated, and then just bagging players because you've got it to the point where it's like a personal dislike that that's more problematic isn't that what how we've made this show for the last six years what are you talking about well i don't know not 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 too much i mean uh, there's a few players that always cough it like nathan laney will cough it forever um you know there's always a few ben jacobs is going to cough it forever always going to talk about how Sean Burgoyne's a bit of a traitor and all that sort of stuff so you know that's always going to come up and that's just that's just on the fringe but um, I don't know. I think for the most part, when we have criticisms of um, coaches and players, they usually got a reason for it, at least. 
um, that is related yeah. to their on-field performance uh, and their on-field effort and yada, yada, yada. But, uh, what you didn't talk about on Tuesday yeah, was, the, was the assistant coaches, where I didn't hear you. Oh, um, yeah. How... How how do you rate Bassett, Voss, and Laid at the moment? How are they going? <laughs> Look, the same way when we discussed it last time we did a few weeks ago, which is I find it very hard to single out assistant coaches and say you are good and you are not. But I think that the, if you look at our defensive matchups, I don't think they were entirely bang on, really, um, regardless of what was on happening on the rest of the field. So I, I guess you just have to say, look, they're all in the same boat and I'm not super happy about any of them right now. <laughs> mm. um, yeah, yeah. Oh, we've got a few comments. Actually, that's quite busy on Spreaker Chat tonight, I see. That's interesting. Ah, good work. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we've had Patty saying it should have been uh, Rock Clippers and quick enough to replace Need. Would have been Need out instead of Johnson. Yeah, could have been. Um, someone who's under Port Fan Radio, who I hosted the show last night, which I didn't actually listen to, <laughs> is saying Franklin should play it forward. Uh, Ryan Pillar reckons that all the people having a go at Sam Gray have rocks in their heads, which I kind of agree with. Um, and it uh, looks like Paddy agrees with him as well. And Ryan Pillar has said, fuck Ben Jacobs, that little sookie prick. <laughs> <laughs> but let's face it, he hasn't he hasn't really torn up North Melbourne, so it doesn't... It's not like we're bleeding from the loss. It's just, no, no, we're not. I guess we're... We're bleeding from the wasted pick 16 that we used on him, yeah, that's all. I was going to say, right now, we're bleeding from the fact that we drafted him instead of uh, Jack Darling. <laughs> like, that's very that's a very fresh wound, that one. Um. Mm. <laughs> let's, put some acid, let's put some acid on that open wound you've got right there. That will make it feel better. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> yes, yes, well, yes. Well, we were also chatting yesterday about the, uh, the Sean Burgoyne trade and, and how we fared. With the um, with Sean bought losing Sean Burgoyne for pick eight, nine, and sixteen, and how we how we use those picks so well. Yeah, well, I've been on record about that for a long time. About you know we should have gone for talls on that draft, and you know which still would not worked out. But we'd have got was it Talia and Jake Carlisle with the two I nominated. That we should have drafted instead back in the day, and you know they're not going to say they're the most amazing players in the world. Talia's pretty good, and Carlisle's a bit of a mercenary, but geez, it's better than. Uh, what we did. <laughs> Andrew, I think Andrew Moore was the most questionable one of all of those ones. Um, you could always make a case for Pittard going when he did, but Andrew Moore that early was just bizarre. and um, Yeah, that just didn't work out at all. Oh, well. We, we liked our Smokies back then, didn't we? Uh, yeah, we liked our early Smokies, which is never... I, I don't like early Smokies. I really dislike them. <laughs> and I'm glad we're not doing them so much now. <laughs> Uh, uh, what are we up to? What's on our run sheet? Um, or general well, banter is, that, is the no, show. No. no, no, no. I was going to talk a bit about the, the Crows now through their stats and got a few ideas. Um, so I'll just quickly talk yeah. about how the Crows, they're 5-2 and two for the season and they've won their last three games in a row against Sydney, Gold Coast and Carlton. Um, interesting one is they lost to Collingwood at Adelaide Oval uh, and I think there's a little bit to take out of that one. Uh, they've had wins against Richmond... Uh, and obviously Gold Coast and Carlton, and have also been in Sydney at the SCG and St Kilda at Docklands. So anything we've done, they've done. <laughs> of course. Uh, they've done a little bit more. Um, one of the more interesting things 
I, th- I thought about it, and you look at their midfield, and you say, oh, that's pretty solid midfield these days, but they're actually losing at ball-ups. Uh, they've got the fifth fewest clearances uh, won, and they've got the fourth most clearances won against them in the league, um, which is a little bit surprising, and I think it's because of the next thing, which is, or the next thing is basically they're forcing opposition turnovers across the ground. Um, they cause the fifth more. They, I suppose they're having the fifth most clangers against them, even though they're having a huge, a pretty good amount of possession against them. But the reality is they're having more possession go their way and they're second least clangers in the league, um, which just says that they're using the ball extremely well. Um, when, they, when the opponents are getting the ball, it's under pressure. Uh, opponents of the Crows have got the fourth least uncontested possession in the league. Uh, and the Crows, basically what's happening is that they don't mind if it becomes a bit of a, a, a loose or a loose-ish game um, because they'll pressure the guy with the ball and uh, force a clanger or force a contest. And when they have the ball, they're just using it a lot better. So that basically what that's telling is the Crows have got their system working again, uh, which is the least surprising thing in the world. Uh, that seems to be the thing they're best at, and it's uh, working out for them at the minute. Um, interestingly, though, uh, is the old criticism that happened back under Neil Craig, which is of perceived pressure. Uh, and I think that's where Collingwood got through. And I think that's where we can get through this week, which is that they actually have the sixth fewest tackles and the fifth most tackles against. So I think that uh, if our players are able to keep their heads and just keep pushing, just keep pushing through, when they have the ball, don't kick it up, don't kick it or pass it off too early. Just take it up to the man because uh, stats say that the when you do that against the crows, it's uh, not working quite as well for them as maybe it should. Uh, as opposed to if you panic early and then just you know rush your disposal. Um, you're probably going to have a bit of a problem and get caught out by the crows. That seems to be how they're getting a lot of their ball. Um, Does it also mean that um, maybe the stats reflect weaker opposition because the weaker opposition haven't been able to get the ball where they wanted, and so the crows have been able to rebound, so to speak, and, Richmond and, Sydney and spot up. So, and spot up that. easy, easy, easier targets. Um, yeah, Richmond's a, an anomaly, but that was an early season win as well, wasn't it? So Richmond yeah, were just sort of fighting their was, game. Sydney was only three weeks ago, and you know they're not they're, they're not amazing form this year, but they're still not terrible. They usually get the ball where they want it to go. Um, well, Sydney lost to North Melbourne at home as well, right? Yeah, I don't know, I forgot. <laughs> I think so. So um, I think Sydney have lost to Port Adelaide and North Melbourne at home. Okay. Jeez, they won't have any supporters next week. <laughs> Yeah, well, I don't know. I guess they'll lose supporters when GWS looks a bit more reliable. But uh, I guess we'll see. Yeah. Uh, and the other thing... Well, is... I... Sorry, yep, go. Yeah. I was just going to say, so the moral of the story is I'm just wondering, um, some of the weaker teams that they play, not all, um, I wonder if it, their systems aren't as strong so it's allowed Adelaide to you know, rebound and use the ball easier than, I guess, the better sides. Um, so it looks like they'll probably be able to use the ball easy against us this week as well. Boom, boom, there you go. Well, you, but, say, you um, say that, but the loss to Collingwood is the interesting thing because the way Collingwood got ahead is that they, they challenged the Crows. Like, they didn't fall for the trick. Uh, mm. And that's what's important for us this week is to do what we've done when we're in our best form, which is when you've got the ball, um, hang on to it. And even if you've got a guy ready for the handball, don't just give it off at the earliest opportunity. Like, move the ball forward and then handball um, when you know you can. Like just, just just keep pushing the perceived contest as much as possible and gain every extra foot you can, every extra footstep. Um, and that's the way you get through the crows, I reckon. Um, and there's one, yeah. other, one other interesting thing, which is uh, their forward line. Um, 
they've got the sixth most uh, inside fifties and the third highest goals scored. Um, but they've actually got the sixth fewest marks inside fifty. Uh, so they're not mark. It's, it's not that they're having you know like we used to do back in the day where you get the the ball on the wing and you slot up a slot it to a forward uh, running out of the fifty and take the mark and it becomes goals and stuff there. Like they're not doing it so much. Um, they've actually. Uh, the ball's coming to ground, and they're getting goals from that. So an interesting stat I saw, which is that half, less than half of Taylor Walker's goals this year in the games he's played have come from marks, um, or, or could have come from marks, I should say. Uh, he, he's just he's just okay with the ground ball, and there's a lot of guys that are pretty good with the ground ball or getting the ball from a hand pass uh, to a better position, that sort of thing. Um, they're playing a really good scrambling uh, forward line, I guess is what I would say. Uh, and they're forcing the ball forward, and they're keeping it there. Like they've got the seventh least uh, rebound fifties against, and the fourth most goal assists. Um, and that just leads into the whole thing about forcing opposition turnovers across the ground. Like they're just really um, working pretty well as a unit to um, apply pressure in exactly the same way that we used, where they did last year, I guess. <laughs> and we haven't managed mm-hmm. it so far this year. So, uh, mm, mm, mm. it's going to be interesting to see how we are able to get through that i really do think that our guys will hopefully be watching that collingwood uh, loss and uh, really trying to take the best bits out of that sounds like we almost have to use a west coast style game plan again but just execute it better yeah yeah well uh, certainly i'd say it's probably like a mid to thousands west coast style plan because one of the things i remember they did a lot then was that they'd just keep tapping the ball in front of them um, rather than take possession when they knew they had a man on them, and they used to get away. They mm-hmm. used to get. They used to get so many meters doing that. Their mids. It was ridiculous. Um, I'd love it if we started doing that because I reckon this is the sort of match and opponent we could do that against. Um, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So that's the crows, as far as I can uh, have an opinion on them. You got anything you want to say about the crows, and based on what you're aware of this season? Well, I mean, the jokes were, um, you know, what are we going to do with Rory Laird, who's racking up the ball? It's Laird that's mm. racking up the ball, isn't it? Because yeah. it seems to be, is it me, just only me, or is it Red? Laird and Atkins that seem to take us apart in the showdowns in recent history? Mm. Um, Atkins is more a symptom. <laughs> yeah, but I, I guess for me, it's um, the thing that annoys me against Adelaide, but also most of the major sides is they come up with that extra one at the at the stoppage and uh, they seem to be able to shuffle that ball to the person just on the, you know, on their defensive side of the stoppage. Mm. And then they have a flanker or an outlier of the pack and they get it to them and then they just run run free and then deliver it and hotspot somebody up. See, hotspot. That's a, I've been living off of hotspot Wi-Fi. That's, a, that's the new term now for football. Um, gotcha, gotcha. But... You know, so, but the, to me, that's just like a rinse and repeat. It's just like a nightmare for me. I go to bed thinking about our structure and I just see that's our one weak, weakness. We, and we don't like manning up at the contest for whatever reason. And uh, sure. do you think that's a, do you think that's a concern for us this week or going based on the stats? Maybe it's not as much of a concern this week. Yeah. Look, I mean, uh, I suppose optimally you want the ball, you know, not to get to, uh, players that can just uh, make it part of their system and turn it all into a set play. Um, we just got to make sure that when we get that first opportunity, that we manage to you know hold on to it. That, that's 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 hugely it. Um, the crows are allowing possession. The crows are allowing possession by their opponents. It's just that 
they are confident that when they get the ball, they'll use it better. And they'll still make it, uh, you know, not necessarily an easy process for the opposition to get the ball. Um, so when we do get it, however we get it, we just got to make sure that we have best use of it, you know, that we hit our targets, that we don't panic and we don't kick early and we don't hand pass too early. And, we, you know, it, it's about having level heads and seeing a way through. Uh, and then just, you know, gut running and doing freakish things. Like, I really would hope that, I really hope that uh, Sam Palpepper and Chad Wingard are actually pretty ready to ready and ready to, uh, ready to go, basically, because uh, when they're at their best, that's exactly the sort of game that we need this week if we're going to beat the Crows. When those sort where's of the flair? Well, where's the it. flair going for? That's it. That's what we need this week. We need flair because that's the the bane of the Crows is flair. The bane of the Crows is things that you can't predict based on mathematical formulas. That's always been the case, uh, really. If I if if only I could do a high-pitched woo um, to do it, replicate Ric Flair, but I can't. Sorry. Okay. <laughs> Great. Thanks. <laughs> oh, dear. Yeah. yeah. Yes, we need – but, I mean, what's happened to the high-flying marks of Chad Wingard in the forward lines, you know, the razzle-dazzle of Robbie Gray and, um, you know, the, the courageous run and carry that – you know, that's still flary in appearance. Um, you know, where's it all gone? We've we've lost it. We've lost we've lost that attractive style of football that made us so adhering in two thousand and thirteen and fourteen. Yeah, we have. Um, I don't know where it is really. I know I I've got to say that uh, the the high marking Chad Wingard is something that he used to do, but I, I think he's still contributing. Maybe he just can't do it anymore. You know, he's had enough little injuries that. You know, that's the sort of thing that does go early in a career as a rule um, of all your uh, physical attributes. So, um, you know, uh, yeah, the flares, the flare isn't there and the flare isn't there because the confidence isn't there, I guess. I think that's pretty obvious mm-hmm. from our team right now is the confidence just isn't there. Um, so how does how does Ken get that back? Yeah, well, that's it. Work out how to send his message in a different way, I guess, is a huge part of that. Um, yeah, well, mm. isn't it the thing they say about coaches? Is that you know, once you say the same thing uh, so many times, then it stops having an impact, and maybe that's just where we're at right now. Well, I think that's you know, I think that's believable uh, for the same mm. reason as things like you know, Justin Westhoff is playing well this year because he's in a contract year. Like, it, it's there's always these sorts of things where if you have the extra motivation, like a, for example, a new coach who, number one, has a new way and a new approach of doing things, but second of all, you have to prove yourself to. Um, mm. like that's always a huge injection for a club, um, even for a shitty coach, really. Uh, and we could do with a bit of that right now um, because all the players know Ken really well and how he gets that bit extra out of them, I don't know. How, do you, how, how, how would you do that? How would you do that when it's just such a long-established relationship? Yeah, look, it's a bit of an anomaly for me. I mean, I mean, look, it's not impossible. I mean, you've got CEO of companies that have been there for a long time. You've got CEOs, uh, coaches of AFL clubs and any sporting club that have been there for, you know, over a decade. You've got John Longmire, uh, Alistair Clarkson. I mean, they are anomaly coaches. Most don't last that journey. That's what makes them such great coaches. John Worsfold, um, even though he's not doing great at the moment, so he's a bad example. Um, 
Yeah, so, uh, but I guess the coaches that can't refresh the message and can't re-inspire the same people, they're the ones that inevitably fall on their sword. And, um, yeah, I guess, and that's where I guess where I pose that mischievous question, where's the flair gone? Because I don't think he's lost the players, but I I just, you know, I just don't, where are we going to get the flair this week against Adelaide? Is it... Is it, you know, probably that's what made SPP so inspiring as a supporter base last year because he, he brought some physicality to the contest and, um, you know, he, he brought a bit of uh, will and desire and, and hunger and, you know, and I, it just seems like we're, we're sort of lacking that desperation. Yeah, look, um, yeah, we are. I agree with you there. Um it, I guess at the end of the day, it's not necessarily the highest percentage return. Like we saw Sam Pepper do a lot of that stuff last year and it started. he started with it early and it was working really well. And as the year went on, he got away with a lot less. I think, that, I think that's just probably what's happened to Sam as much as anything, um, is that the AFL has a better idea of what he can do and what he does do and they've adapted and he's got to find new ways to get through it. But... Um, when you were talking about uh, you know Clarkson and um, Longmire, how they're able to keep going, I think that what you see in those cases is that they're able to keep going, but with the same sort of thing. Uh, like it's still stagnant, but it's as good stagnant. It, it's it's just basically they've got a good system in place, they're maintaining it, and it seems to be going okay. Um, but the problem is that we're at the state where where our our base level, the level that our players and squad and our club is used to right now, is just not good enough. Um, mm. And so it's okay when you're when you've got a system at the top of the, its game and you just sort of keep everything going the same and just you know fine tune it all the time. Um, it's okay to keep on like that, but when it's not working, there's no point in doing a, a sensible maintenance of it, is there? Mm. <laughs> I think that's that's no. the dif- that's the difference between the the really good coaches and the ordinary coaches, which is that they have a good system in place and they're able to maintain it. Um, Whereas I guess I guess I guess what I'm saying is we don't have a good system in place, but we're doing a really good job maintaining it. <laughs> yeah, we're, do, we're we're doing an awesome job of not perfecting that system. It's like a it's like our uh, objective. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Which is a bit. I guess Sad. that's where I'm a bit. I guess that's where I'm a bit frustrated because uh, you know, look, I'm I'm not a professional coach. I I, I get that, but. My hobby is I like looking at the systems and structures more than the players, and yeah. we just don't. We, you're right. We don't have that system and structure that even Pike brought to Adelaide, or yeah, you know yeah. Clarkson's had for uh, 13 years, or um, or whatever. Um, yeah, Macca just messaged me and said that sorry he was putting kids to bed. So uh, bloody bloody family man. So. Well, your, so internet, people, your internet's sending a lot better than we expected, so that's turned out all right in the end. Yeah, it's great. It's only going to cost me like $1,000 to do this call, but that's what? all good. Really? Um, How come? Um, no, it's just... I've got no data. I'm on, a, I'm on a, a gig and a half travel plan a month. Why didn't you... What, so, you that was it. Go down to AT&T and just say, hey, I want to get on the 8 gig monthly plan, and it's like 50 60 bucks, and then you just put your SIM card in when you want an internet. It's really easy. Yeah, well, anyway, Don't I get spoke, sucked in. Nicole, Nicole did her, um, she upgraded her phone plan. Um, okay, because you can just get a pay-as-you-go. You don't need to make what, a permanent long-term commitment. 
Yeah, well, I've, it was okay because everywhere I've been going, I've been hopping from uh, free Wi-Fi to free Wi-Fi. Mm, okay. it's, it's only in the, so. But anyway, she. This is how crafty they are, though, right? So yeah. she upgraded her phone. She upgraded her phone plan to limited, yeah. unlimited, yeah. for like sixty-five a month or whatever. Yeah. And uh, and somehow their system worked out that she was hot. I was hotspotting off of her phone, <laughs> so they shut they shut down her hotspot, right? And then said, so if you want if you want to use the hotspot on this plan, you have to pay another twenty dollars a month, and uh, and it's limited to fifteen gig. Come on, yeah, come well. on. You know, that's how they work it out. Absolutely, that's how they work it out. They they're okay. There's only so much data you can really use on a phone, but when you're plugging in your um, uh, your laptop and downloading, God knows how much. Yeah, well, there you go. Mm. But this is where the great coaches they work stuff out, like phone companies, to extract as much as they can, <laughs> right? Trying to get it back on a football. Yeah, but I just got we, told off but, of that. <laughs> but the coaches themselves. Who told you off? Ryan Filler. He's, he's complaining that I'm relentless with the mobile data questioning. <laughs> <laughs> well, it, it is interesting. Um, yeah, but the coaches actually, they're able to extract that extra yeah. bit. And, yeah. and Ken, I, I, and it concerns me that Ken, even with the bringing in new players, um, isn't able to extract it. And I, I'm actually really concerned where we're uh, if we don't get that big scout because Mac is right you know 2015 is the last time you know we won a big scout at Adelaide Oval it's mm. that's a long time and I think the crowds soon enough are going to be affected and I think off field the club with their marketing endeavors and everything else are, do, are doing a great job but ultimately this is football and what brings people through the gate is wins and inspirational wins now we can't expect to win inspiration games every game because you know, you're up against good competition, but you need to win the odd one. And, and everyone's bagging out on West Coast. Who have they beaten? Well, the facts are, though, they do they are beating the odd good side every now and again, um, you know, whereas we're not beating the odd good side every now and again. And, and so, you know, this is where we need to stand up against Adelaide and actually, uh, you know, beat a bloody good side for a change. I think the players have just lost complete confidence in how to do that. Yeah, yeah, I guess so. Uh, I, I guess, well, I mean, if they need to be... I don't even know if it's a player confidence thing because it's not as though we're, we, we're getting four goals up against good sides and then they're coming back. It's like, We're just not getting close. I, I just think that the system to get us there, mm. like, like how we how we move the ball, how we set up our side, um, I just don't think that our coaches are preparing the side to win. I, I don't think it's on the players that we're not beating the good sides. I think that you know we're doing things like playing too many defenders after round one, which we seem to do every year. Um, yeah, well, you know. Um, how do we kick a winning... How do we kick a winning score? I mean, where's a winning score going to come from for us? It's a great question this week, particularly when our opposition has a game plan where they're quite happy to let both teams get a good amount of possession because they know they use it better. Um, so, yeah, how do, you, how do you get a winning score against that side? And It's not by allowing them lots of possession. It's not by sending all your players uh, on the back foot and waiting for them to do something because when you wait for them to do something, they'll still, they'll still use the ball well. Um, you know, you've got to really take it up to them. Uh, and you've got to not only take it up to them as players, you've got to take it up to them as a coaching team and put players in a position where they can actually make a difference. So, mm. Mm. Well, I mean, uh, it's 
you know, the challenge is how do we kick a winning score? Because, you know, Dixon averages just what a goal a game. What's a goal a game? Um, you know, Chad in all Australian form, two goals a game. Um, Sam Gray's averaging a goal a game. You know, I just, yeah, who it, we're going to be relying probably heavily on Robbie Gray to be our multiple goal scorer, I would imagine. Um, you know, and for us to have a chance of winning, um, yeah, Robbie's probably going to need to come up with four, five, six goals, which he can do it every now and again um, to be a chance. Well, I mean, let's look at this team this week. Like, at the start of the year, before the season started, we didn't know what everyone was going to do. Our thought was that we were, what we were going to see was that um, Wingard, Gray and Rockcliffe were going to rotate between the forward line and the midfield. Like, that's what we thought was going to happen, pretty much. Uh, and we're just getting two of those back now, <laughs> you know. We, 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 we can't have Robbie Gray kicking goals when we need him in midfield and any impact he's going to have on both is minimal when he's the only one. Um, so hopefully, uh, like we said, hopefully this time Rockcliffe is ready to play and he can be, have that impact. He can be the, the guy that goes forward and kicks a few goals when he plays up forward for a bit more in the game and that does mean that Robbie Gray can play in midfield or up forward and they can rotate and that, you know, we can include Wingard in that rotation as well. Like that's a, That was a huge part of what we thought we were going to see for a season that we just haven't been able to really do so far. Um it's just that have that flexibility mm. of, of constantly trading, you know, forwards and midfielders back and forward to make the matchups a bit harder for the opposition and to, you know, keep the player fitness at a manageable level for all three of them. So, um, well, well, that was one of your excuses the other night, wasn't it? Like, that one I actually liked wasn't. Excuses. I didn't even mention that one. <laughs> well, you sort of intimated it with like I did, but I didn't quite lack say of, lack of consistency. You know, not having Howard in the defence all the time and missing yeah. Ryder and all that sort. So uh, I liked your I liked your case for like the excuses. So, but I mean, you know, when do, when does any footy side, yeah, when does any footy side have the the same twenty two for a whole season? It just doesn't happen. Um, sure, sure. Could we, yeah. could do could Dougal Howard play on Eddie Betts this week? Uh no. I mean, he could, but I wouldn't. I, I reckon that's probably going to end up with being a I don't know. Oh, a Houston job, probably Houston. They might try. Um, there's an outside chance they might try Homsch if Betts isn't looking particularly mobile. But yeah, probably Houston. I would say maybe Jonas, mm-hmm. but maybe not. Because didn't um, Howard play on a small last week? Oh, I've forgotten. I don't think so. I thought they played. Well, he's a bloody tall person, isn't he? So everyone's a small. Yeah, he might. <laughs> everyone's a small. I. Um, I thought either last week or the week before they they had him on a smaller a smaller opponent. Maybe one of the people listening in, if they're still listening after our data sideway movement, are still listening. Um, well, I'm the positive. People, that... The people listening in are saying, or Ryan's saying, Rick's been away too long, and then the holiday air is affecting your thinking. Why is that? What are you talking about? <laughs> no, no way. Howard plays on bets. Is the next thing he then says. Uh, really. Okay. And I think Windy Runner is saying that Darcy Van Jones will get the job on bets, which I suppose is a pretty decent idea. Yeah, Howard is on Darling. There you go. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, well, that's not really a small. No, he's, um, he's, he's smaller for a, he's on the smaller end for a key position forward. But yeah. Yeah, well, maybe it was the week before. I can't remember now. Sorry, don't have access to anything because if I open up a browser, the oh, internet will chunk down. <laughs> yeah. So. Yeah. Um, but yeah, but anyway, I'm just thinking like he's fast, he's nimble, he's mobile for a 199 centimetre guy. Maybe he's a good fit 
to you know just randomly chuck on bets just to try and throw him off his game. Yeah. But uh, what do I know? That's a it's a yeah, sort of Malcolm Blight move, isn't it? <laughs> Blighty yeah. would do something like that. Maybe. Um, Paddy reckons that uh, Jonas should go to bets, which is probably. I mean, that's probably the, the most sensible of the suggestions we've named so far, apart from. Oh no! I still think it's going to be Houston. I still think it's going to be Houston first. He'll get the first crack. Um, well, Houston, Houston's been the whipping boy this year. Are you yeah, whipping yeah, Houston as well? Uh, I think he hasn't been as good as he has been. Um, but no, not yet. I still haven't seen him do our, too many awful things. Our defence isn't as good as what it was either. Yeah. As a collective yeah. whole. That's pretty much it, yeah. Like, the last thing we want is... To, this, is this is this is my nightmare for our defence. The last thing we want for our defence to do is to be heavily under the pump and then go back to I'm alright football where it's like they take care of their own direct opponent, they don't work as a team. We go back to Troy Chaplinisms and just, you know, shouting at the other guy, oh, I'll cover this guy, I'll cover this guy, and then all you do is just follow one guy around all game. Like, that's the last thing we want for our defence. Um, so, I don't know, I guess that he's probably stayed in because they are a defence, they are a defensive unit, and they are very much a team, and if you just drop one of them when the whole team is having a pretty awful game, um, I don't know. Well, there's another excuse. Let's get them ready early. I mean, we still do have a very young defensive unit. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, you know, Houston's under twenty odd games came from the rookie list. Um, you know, Darcy Bird Jones just played his fiftieth. Howard's what played ten games. Um, Clurie's what under forty games. Um, Hompsch and uh, Jonas are really our most experienced defenders back there. So, yeah, uh, so Hartlett's a big loss in a way. Um, so yeah, it's. Look, the defensive unit really for what they've done, uh, considering their demographics of experience, has been quite extraordinary, really. Mm, mm. Well, they've done they've, look, they've done okay, and I, I really do feel like the worst thing we did for our defence this year was to move Howard into ruck. I just feel like that really made it a lot more complicated. And I guess the the unforced change, or sorry, the forced change that we've had is taking Hartlett out. Because in my mind, this was Hartlett's best season. It was shaping up to be. I had yeah, everything, everything I'd seen from him so far this year had been pretty good. Like I had, didn't have any criticisms of his game at all, um, which maybe I'm a bit blind. But from what I could see, I thought this was comfortably his best season. And so it's real. That's a huge loss for us, I think. Um, and I'm certainly not convinced that the leadership of the, of Homp should add much because I don't know that he's got that much of it. So we're really relying on Jonas being the general now, which is a bit uh, interesting. Hopefully he can. I guess we'll see. Mm. Yeah. So what about Ryder? Yeah, well, that was... I guess we can get back on the rundown again now. Um, Sam Jacobs up against Paddy Ryder. Sam Jacobs averaging 35 hitouts and 14 touches. Um, Paddy only played, what, 60% of the game last week? Uh, Just over two quarters. So, um, I don't know. We're just... We're so reliant right now on on hoping that Paddy Ryder is match fit again quickly. Yeah. it would be amazing if he was ready to go this week. I don't know that he will be, um, but he's our ruckman, so that's that. That's all you well, can say about that. He he lowered his colours to Sam Jacob twice last year as well. Yeah, so yeah. In all Australian season, so that's a. Um, it's worrying. He'd want to come out. He's got some. 
He's got something to prove there. Well, I he guess, does, but... but he's also not in his best form, so. Mm. Did you read the um, Chris McDermott article with no. Russell Ebert? What was in that? Yeah, no, it was quite good. He was just talking about how uh, took Russell back to how they how they played the game in the seventies, and um, yeah, and then compared it to the game style now. And and Russell was saying that you know fitness was risen, rose to another level in the seventies, and uh, and they really took advantage of that port, and um, and then spoke about then you know. Gonell raised the bar again even further, and and then they brought in the interchange, um, which allowed um, for players to stay a little bit fresher. Um, the star players were able to stay a little bit fresher, um, but then he was and then, but then he was commenting like, yeah, they had Greg Phillips, who was you know, who was able to do like a, a thirty meter handball to an attacking running player on one side. And then, which allowed them to set up their defence on the other side of Greg Phillips, uh, you know, and use his attacking uh, handball uh, to their advantage. And um, yeah, it was it was a good article. Yeah, I'd, I'd Google it. You'll probably get through the paywall now yeah, if maybe. you need to bypass it. Uh, I think someone posted it up on Big Footy, but you don't use Big Footy at the moment. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, it was it was quite interesting and. Uh, I can't remember what the uh, his uh, answer to fixing um, the game now was, but I think it was just yeah, the umpire put the ball up faster. But I guess where I was uh, going with that was you know, um, where's yeah, it goes back to what we were saying earlier. Where's our tactical astute um, separation and game plan to break the game open against opposition teams and. And so I guess Paddy Wright is probably that influence for me, and uh, and Tom Rockcliffe is crucial in the middle uh, at the at the stoppages this week because I think for us to win we need Gray up forward at least fifty percent of the time. So we really need Ryder tapping it down to uh, Rockcliffe, Wines, Sam Powell, Pepper, those types, and allowing uh, uh, Gray and Wingard to be influential in the forward line. Yeah, yeah, maybe. Um, just on that seventy stuff. Sounds sounds easy. Yeah. yeah on that seventy stuff, I, I I didn't see it. I might be misremembering. But wasn't something about Greg Phillips? Didn't they change a rule for him because every time the ball came towards him, he didn't like where, what was happening. He'd just punch it straight out of bounds. I think so. And then they changed the rules to have the deliberate out of bounds uh, by hand. Hmm. I, I, I think it, I think they did. Yeah. yeah, I mean, yeah. I was I was only I was a very young single digit in the seventies, so we need someone like Ford Fairlade or something. Yeah, one of those. Yeah, uh, that's, the that's one of the old time. The Gandalf, sure. the Gandalf of uh, Port Port Adelaide. But, well, I mean, I mean um, if you use be... that rationale, like you know that um, Port are at their best when the when the league makes rule changes to stop them. Um, what's what's something we do now that the league would make a rule change to stop? I don't think there's anything, you know. Because um, we had uh, Primus, we had two Primus changes. Primus was so dominant in ruck. There were two changes to curtail his influence on the game. Um, maybe we'll, players get we that. Just pu- maybe we just keep punching players in the head or something. <laughs> That's already illegal, though. <laughs> uh, is it? You wouldn't think so after the Essendon game. No, maybe not. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, yeah. yeah, I don't know. 
I don't know what we could. Um, maybe we could create a kick which bypasses the intentional out of bounds rule. Yeah, I, I guess the main thing right now is that umpires are even less concerned about paying free kicks than they used to be. Um, so they just decide on the spot. No, we're not going to. We don't like that. It's a free kick. <laughs> so yeah, maybe that's why we can't find it anymore. Look, let's just talk um, back briefly about the the preview because I've got a little bit more to get through. Um, as far as the midfield, Cam, Ellen, Cam Ellis Yolman is uh, come from nowhere. He has more centre bounce clearances uh, than any Port player right now. Um, Bryce Gibbs has added a lot to the midfield. We've already had a couple of comments on Spreaker chat. Concerned about what we're going to do about Bryce Gibbs, and I'd like to know what you think we should do about Bryce Gibbs, Rick. Uh, I guess I would put uh, probably if we're going to do a tagger, Brett, Brett Braddy, but is our tagger these days, so I'd most likely. Uh, uh, run Brad even on. He's probably got the size to run with Bryce as well, I would imagine. Um, I guess, yeah, we just need... Otherwise, we need to just win more ball uh, than what Adelaide do. That's, that's the only thing I can think of. Mm, mm, mm. I think we're going to just have to use it better. But, uh, yeah, hopefully. Hopefully. Uh, yeah. In the forward line, Taylor Walker's kicking three goals a game. Uh, Jenkins and the governor doing enough. They're the main goal kickers are mids, so they're not getting a huge amount from their small forwards at this point. Um, Rory Laird's their main rebounder when he's back there, uh, but he's been all over the ground. He's, he's just real damage. Uh, I think that if you're going to tag a player, like you can't afford to tag more than one player um, and pay them really close attention. So, uh, I don't know, the main concern I have about saying Ebert goes to Laird is that I just think that if he does end up getting in the ball, it's going to be, look a lot worse for us than... Uh, I guess maybe some other options. I don't know. He's not the most reliable. Sometimes, no, that's not true. Sometimes Ebert goes on a run of multiple games where his disposal is excellent and then he forgets what he was doing and then he goes back to normal again. And he's in the middle of that down period right now, I think, uh, at the moment. Um, mm. Yeah. yeah. Well, I guess you can't you can't tag everybody, which is what you're saying. You so. No. If you want to, if you want to monitor one, you, who are you choosing? Are you monitoring Laird or you're monitoring Gibbs, right? And that, that's yep. why we both said we just need to use the ball better because if you use the ball better, you're retaining possession and you're spotting up targets and you're having set shots on goal, mm. right? If we, you know, if we do what we did on the weekend, just gone, well, all we're doing is kicking it to the opposition. Our structures aren't in place, and then they're running right through our structure because we can't set it and uh, because we're turning it over too early um, to allow for our structures to be established. And I guess that's probably why we like the game plan and kicking it into the pocket, right? Because if we've got shit skills, it doesn't matter. We're just kicking it to a spot and then trying to set up our structure and then hope we uh, win a clearance and kick a goal from there. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, Look, we've had a few comments on Spreaker Chat. Uh, Ryan Pillar's come up with a stat which sucks. Uh, which is that three players have won the showdown best of field three times, and that's uh, Rashido, Franco, and Jacobs. So that's not great. Uh, obviously, Jacobs is in good form. He's got good form in showdowns. He's going to be a huge problem for us, potentially. He also reckons we shouldn't focus as much on bets as we usually do because it's just not worth it and never makes a difference. So I kind of agree with that as well. Um Wendy, uh, sorry, Paddy has said he reckons the AFL might ban Ruckman completely if Paddy has another good season. 
Uh, if my dispute on it, and you also reckon band players under 180 centimeters, but I think I don't know if that's an AFL one. I think they're happy with players under 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 180 centimeters. But uh, mm. Mm, mm. all right, did we have any questions from Big Footy? Did we have a thread up this week? I I put one up, but I put it up at a ridiculous hour oh. American time, so yeah, so cool. the Aussies might not have seen it. So there was only one question. You're in a room with Stalin, Hitler. Hitler and Rory Atkins, and you've got a gun with two. You've got a gun with two bullets. How long do you take before you shoot Rory Atkins twice? Um. Oh gosh, I don't know. I think I'd ask which of Hitler and Stalin wanted to shoot Rory Atkins, and I'd let them do it. Cause I, really, <laughs> I didn't really want to shoot anyone. <laughs> yeah, and and they wouldn't have a problem doing it. So no, uh... <laughs> no. I think Stalin would probably end up being the winner there. I think that Stalin's quite happy to get his hands dirty. So uh, yeah, that's probably what I do. <laughs> so um, yeah, the questions were quite quiet. Macca seems to inspire and invoke the most uh, chat out of the big footy followers. Aww. But um, but I guess I'm posting the thread up at um, yeah, like one o'clock in the morning Australian time. Yes. And so by the time every, by the time everyone wakes up it's like on page two of Big Footy Thread. So uh Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, fair enough. But uh Yeah. Alright, well if we'll barrel straight into I guess the final bits. Um there's other stuff that we could discuss, but we've kind of covered a lot I think. We've talked enough. We're doing alright. Um I think anyone yeah. hopefully gonna watch this game this weekend is Got their own ideas on what's going to happen. I guess we'll see. Your winning side and margin, though, Eric. Who's going to win and what's the margin going to be? Uh, Adelaide by five goals. Wow. Ouch. Okay. Yeah. Harsh. Um, I reckon Port can win this one. I really do. And I think that the hour I think our inclusions could be enough of a surprise factor to get past Adelaide planning. I think that if if we have waited until Rockcliffe was genuinely ready to go, we could see suddenly going from, oh, who's that guy, to, oh, holy shit, we did get a good recruit. And if Sam Pepper hopefully is as, is as focused on football as I think he would have had everyone telling him to be for the past month, I think that he could come in and at least do some do enough damage that other players can take advantage of it. Uh, so I'm going to say Port by, I reckon Port by four goals. 24 points, yeah. Yes, Port- they're saying NFL followers don't think that Rockcliffe's still fit. Well, and they they would have they would have brought in Atley over Rockcliffe. Yeah. Okay. Maybe. I guess but anyway, we'll, I, guess we'll see. I guess we'll see. We'll see. Yeah. Uh, I guess we'll see. And yeah. I, I want to yeah. be proven wrong. I want to I want to be on the show on Monday night with egg on my face. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. I completely understand. Um, highest cock- and did you know? Sorry. Do you know who's coming on on Monday? Do you know who's coming on Ooh, on Monday who's night? Who's coming on on Monday night? Chris McDermott. Oh, okay. Is that why you're yeah. reading the article? <laughs> <laughs> Pumping him up. Well, I think it'll be good. I think he's a good analyst of the game. So, um, okay. and I, I know he's not a poor. I know he's not a poor person, but I think, uh, yeah, I think it should be an enjoyable show getting Chris on. So hopefully we will get some good content. Yeah, yeah that'll be interesting. That'll be interesting. Hopefully. Uh, Hopefully, hopefully it keeps going. But anyway, keep going. Yeah, highest goal kicker, Robbie. Yeah. Well, for us to win, I'm gonna I'm gonna say we need Robbie Gray to kick five goals. So I'm gonna go Chad Chad with two goals. Okay, okay, yep. Yeah, because you don't expect us to win, I understand. 
uh, yep. I am going to say, you know what? I'm going to go with Jack Watts. Three goals. Ah, the Jack. That would be nice. Well, because I think that he's been very quiet, and he, but he's still plugging away. He's still having a crack. And I think that when the Crows are doing their calculations, I don't think they'd have him very high in them. And uh, if we get that bit of grunt from midfield that I'm hoping we'll see this week, then he could be on the right end of it. So, uh, yeah, let's go with Jack Watts for three. Um, I think he's being a bit unfairly treated by the supporter base. I don't. At the moment. <laughs> You don't? No, I, I think that he's been very quiet, and I think that he has to be demelvined. Um, next year, next year, if he plays like this, then there's a real problem. But this year, I'm not too surprised. Mm. He'll get with it. I don't know if it's possible. I don't know if it's possible to demelvinize someone after ten years. <laughs> I guess we'll find out, won't we? We haven't really tried. Um, yeah. Got a couple of comments on Spreaker chat. Uh, Ryan Pillar's got wines for Vesterfield because they want to know what our showdown medalist is, so that's a question I'll ask next. Uh, but mm-hmm. uh, Ryan's also said Dixon's going to kick four and Windy Runner reckons Watts is going to kick five, so he's one up me. And wah, wah. Wow. All right. Wow. And Windy Runner reckons wow. Westhoff's going to win the showdown medal. <laughs> oh, jeez. That's a big one. There'll be, there'll be all this egg on Rick's face come Monday. <laughs> So who's your showdown medalist then? And remembering you can pick a Crows player. Yeah, I'm going to go Sam Jacobs. Ouch, ouch. I hate you so much. <laughs> <laughs> Why? Because, I, because I'm so logical. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly what I hate right now. Um, I think you'd have to, I think that, you know, on the balance of things, you'd have to say Rory Laird, wouldn't you? So let's, let's just yeah, Rory think, Laird. I think it would be one of those two, but you'd have to suggest... If they win the showdown medal, they're going to win the game, right? Oh, no, I don't agree with that. If Rory Lead could win the showdown medal, but if he does it all in defence trying to set up teammates and then they don't do anything with it, then it doesn't matter, you know? Mm. Mm. Uh, which yes. fringe player is... Oh, I don't know. Which, which fringe player do you reckon is going to lock up a spot for next week? So who's someone that's just right on the edge of things that is going to manage to hold their spot? Jake Mead. You really reckon he's going to hold on another week? Oh, yeah. That's a big call. That's huge. Yeah, well, he's wow. the only fringe player left, isn't he? Well, I mean, you're talking about Dan Houston being on the edge, and I reckon he'll hang on. He'll be fine. Uh, he, he, I don't think he's a fringe player anymore, Dan Houston. I think he's been selected enough now to, to show that if the coaches near- think he's a starting if he's near being dropped in the minds of many, apparently, then he is a fringe player in my mind. You, you can be a fringe player really? while also having been on the list for a long time. Yeah, yeah, like like Pittard's a fringe player right now in my mind. So I'm quite. Happy oh, to okay. Say that. Well, if we're going with that analogy, I'll change my answer. Okay. What's that? Um, who else is there? Jake Need. There you go. Yeah, stick with Jake <laughs> Need. I reckon that's a, I reckon that's a, a, a very clever one because I. Uh, I would be amazed if he manages to hold on, but he keeps doing it. If, so. he, <laughs> if he keep, if he kicks if he kicks two goals, yeah, you'd think kicks two goals and gets twelve possessions and three tackles. Yeah, you know, I don't reckon they'd drop him. No, but I just reckon he's going to have another zero goal game. But there you go. I guess we'll see. Um, we've got a couple of nominations here on Spreaker Chat. Windy Runner reckons Cleary. Ryan Pillar reckons Honch. Both fair enough. 
and are there any other games? You, oh, sorry. Are there any other games you're looking forward to this week? Yes. Which one? Um, I can't remember because I can't have my browser open. I'm going to suggest so, two: um, Hawthorne versus Sydney. Looks like it could be a good yes, one. Yes, that that was one of them. And another one for me is um, Greater Western Sydney versus West Coast Eagles. I'm just kind of hoping yes, that, that Greater Western Sydney manages to look like clowns enough to make our, uh, our potential loss look all right. <laughs> Do you know, I'm really hating Hawthorne right now. I really yeah. am. Yeah? I am. Well, well, the fact that you know, they had this dynasty, they won four premierships, um, robbed us really of a grand final spot okay. um, through our poor kicking. They've gone down and they're already on the way back up. Then they're, they're surpassing us at the moment. Yeah, we're we're like with this old Corolla spluttering on the freeway. Shit, are we running out of petrol? Or is our engine about to blow up? And uh, you know they're in this, uh, you know, at the moment like this nice, hyped up Holden Commodore, ready to morph into another Ferrari, and uh, it depresses me. I would invite you to think of Carlton's two thousand season, um, where they they made a prelim, didn't they? They made a prelim, and then after that, they just fell apart. <laughs> like, just, that, was the, yeah. that was their last hurrah, and this could certainly be Hawthorne's. I guess we'll see, but hopefully. hopefully the, only hope, the, only hope, the only hope we've got is apparently Clarkson hasn't re-signed with Hawthorne yet. I wouldn't worry about that. Could we sign him? Well, not could we we're... have him, please? <laughs> we couldn't sign him while we've got a, a coach sitting in the coach's seat with another three years on his contract. No, I don't think we could. I think that well, the lucky we beneficiary a... right now looks like being St Kilda, really. If he, if we he could do a Russell, we could do a Russell Ebert and just flick him off we could. to get a better coach. Yeah, well, look, I mean, we could. Do you think we would? I don't think we would. I don't think that's in the current Port Adelaide makeup. Well, would you if you could? To get Clarkson, yeah. 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 Yeah, yeah I would. I would. I'd yeah. forego the uh, the two million payout figure or whatever it is. We see that's and, the issue though, uh, is that not only you've got a huge payout figure, but you've also got a huge sign on figure you've got to pay as well. So it is a lot. It depends on whether we can afford it to some extent. I don't know how much money we've got available, to, but we'll just have to ask our Chinese friends. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey. <laughs> You'd have to Anything's possible. Indeed. Uh Windy Run has given it a thumbs up, so that's the approval from the board. Let's go ahead and do it. Yeah, <laughs> too right. Jeez, imagine, imagine the controversy Rick could have had if he made it onto the Port Adelaide board. Oh, I'd be the oh, only one. Dear. I'd be, I'd be the only one going. Let's sack Ken and uh, put uh, Clarkson. <laughs> Let's get Clarkson. Ooh, what do you talk about? Where are you going to find three million dollars? I can imagine. Well, I don't know. Rick, Rick on the Port Adelaide board is phoning Alistair Clarkson every week, saying, "Hey, you ready to sign with Port yet? Let me know as soon as you are. Yeah. We'll sack Ken." <laughs> I think the I think the best thing to add to a boardroom is yeah. the random wheel, the random yeah. wheel of life. What decision are we making today? I don't know. Let's spin the wheel and see what comes up. That looks pretty, <laughs> that looks like a good game. What do you reckon? <laughs> oh dear. Yeah, we had a comment from Windy Runner saying pack Pittard in Ken's bags, and I, I look. I reckon that uh, Pittard and Ken probably go together a bit like Nathan Brown and Terry Wallet. So uh, yeah, maybe. <laughs> yeah. Maybe. Look, I think I think Pittard's a great player, and uh, mm. yeah, it's uh, mm. there's something something's off there. I don't I don't know what happened last week with that game. I don't know if you guys 
No, you guys didn't talk about him specifically, did you? But he, um, I think we said he, he was, was on the nose. Yeah, he was he... on the nose. He was. He was terrible. Absolutely, absolutely appalling. So, how, yeah. how do you ju- how do you justify that, Portia? Justify it? What do you how mean? How did it happen? Well, how, uh, ra- oh, rationalise it. How could a senior player um, come out and put that, that sort of performance in? Uh, it just, yeah, it's astounding. He looks bored. He looks disinterested. His motivation just doesn't seem to be there. Like, that's, for me, that's the main thing that seems to be missing with Jasper Pittard is that he just does not seem as interested in football as he used to be. Mm. Um, now, I could be wrong. But I don't know that I am. Well, didn't he just sign on for another three years? Yeah, but that's different. That Look, there's a difference between being interested in playing football and signing a contract to play football. <laughs> there's a huge difference. Mm-hmm. Um, you mm-hmm. know, if, if, the, if the contract's there and, you know, this is what you do, this is, your best, this is his best way of earning money for the next three years, isn't it? So, yeah, you sign it and you do everything your coaches say and maybe your heart isn't in it. Yeah. It's interesting. We Not we do like the longer contract. Yeah. So, I mean, I mean, hindsight's a wonderful thing. But would you have given Jasper no. a three-year contract? I was ready to trade him, so no. So, and what about Ken Hinckley? Would you have given Ken no, a four-year extension? No. Absolutely not. No, I would have gone straight to the coaching pool. But yeah. Oh, so you would have you would have you just would have yeah. axed him? Oh yeah, yeah. I would have been quite happy about that. Yeah. With, with, Joey, but I guess, with Joey available, yeah, I would have been pretty happy with that, just to, as, a, as an option, frankly. Yeah. Yeah. Or would you, I mean, if you were to sign him, would you two years at the most? I would go one year if I was going to sign him. Yeah. Not that he would take it. No. I guess that was the threat. That was the threat, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah, pretty much. Um, but no, so, I, would have, I, would have, I would have said, okay, you've been here, we reckon, long enough to make a significant change and you haven't done as much as we want. One year contracts uh, until we see either something that looks lasting or until we decide to give you the flick. And if you didn't like that, we'd say, okay, Gold Coast, here you go. Ta-da, have fun. <laughs> and it would have been fine there. He would have been absolutely fine. Their expectations are very low. Uh, he would have had a fantastic time rebuilding that team. Um, all right, look, we'll just go to the wrap-up. But first of all, the, the important question, are we going to win the premiership this year, Rick? Are we going to win? Are we going to win it? Yes, technically we still can. Are we going to? Ask me after this week. Okay. Probably at the moment. At the moment, no, I have changed. Oh no! What okay. about? What about? What about you? Oh look, I'm still waiting for everything to come back together. I'm still waiting for Ryder to get match fit. I'm still waiting for um, Tom Rockley. No, answer, answer, answer your question. Yeah, no I'm, excuses. I, Oh yeah, I'm still on. I'm still on team premiership until uh, I see something with our best team, uh, of, you know, that we can really name in decent form. Until they start doing shit, you know, I, I think that we just still haven't seen the best we can be this year. Um, and so I'm still very much team premiership. Mm-hmm. Um, I, think I wonder that, what the fans think. Don't know. Don't know. Know, probably, probably not much, but I, I, I look. I still think that I don't have a lot of faith in Ken, but I have a lot of faith in our playing list in 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 terms of what a coach can do with that list, and what Ken could do with our list is significantly above what we have currently done. 
it would require mm-hmm. a, a lift from all of them. But most of all, like we just haven't seen it all together. Like we haven't seen um, Rockcliffe play play a standard rock. We haven't seen Rockcliffe play one single standard Tom Rockcliffe game for Port yet, and that's that's an oddity. It's not like he's a twenty-year-old yeah. who has in and out of form. Like he he should be at that level, and he might soon be at that level. Um, you know, that's a huge out for us. Like the fact that we've had uh, Wingard out, like even, even Wingard out. Like I still believe that's a pretty huge loss for our side because of the t- because of the way he plays. Um, uh, and obviously Hartlett out, he's out, so we can't really do anything about that. But also doing things like you know Howard not playing in defence when he was doing really well, and we're just not. We're not there yet. We're not at that point where we can say we've done our best and we look like we're falling apart. Um, it's one of the it's one of the keys to our success this week, also, to mm-hmm. actually have some forward structure. Oh, well, yeah, yeah, like yeah. Or, We've got to or, not be negative. Or is that it? Are we living in a dream? Are we living in a dream? Like, is it that all AFL teams have minimal AFL structure now? Uh, forward structure. Because they run players up the ground, all of them do it. Or do we just do it more often? Um, that exposes us with no forward structure. I think that we expose our forwards um, by uh, overcommitting to having players behind the ball, and I don't think every club does mm. that. Um, no. Yeah, and and when we do it, we don't necessarily get our best users of the ball free. That's that's the other thing. Like we might have an extra man back. But it ends up being, you know, at least accurate kick that is loose, which, you know, that is a predictable thing that your opponents would want to cause. Um, but we need to be better than that. We, if we're going to do it, we've got to do it good, yeah? Like, I it, you can, to some extent, get away with uh, having, you know, an overloaded fence. But if you do, you've got to do it right. And we just haven't really been doing it right when we have been doing it, for the most part. So, hmm. Hmm. I am. Oh, and for the record, uh, yes. this is a two-hour podcast because it's taken me forty-five minutes to actually wake up. Okay. Now that I'm awake, the, que- yeah. the questions are firing. Oh gosh. Okay. Do you have? I can give you, I'll give you one more. What do you got? What's your um, last question? What's my last question? Geez, there's so many. Um, one. Are you happy with? Uh, are you happy with four tall forwards uh, defenders this week? Uh, I don't think we're going to play four tall defenders. I think this is a sign that Howard's going to be the backup ruckman. So that's my first. Right. That's my expectation now. Um, but if he's not, then I do think it's a bit strange. If we do play four tall backmen, I think that's a little bit odd. But there you go. And do you, and just in addition to that, do you think um, are you still we are you happy that Homsch is back in the side? No, I, I'm still not really sold on Homsch. Um but if Cleary's out of form, he's out of form. So I guess we'll see. It's clear. It's, it's Cleary and Hompshire are in the same position, are going for the same position in my mind. And the reason, the reason I liked Cleary to keep it this year, is for something that we haven't seen this year, which is that last year he was good at winning one-on-one contests. You know, he would take a mark in front of or behind his opponent with surprising regularity, and we just haven't seen him do that this year. You know, how many one-on-ones has yeah. he really won? Apart from, you know, I'm not talking about spoiling here. I'm talking about actually winning possession from his opponent from a, a quick coming in, you know, that sort of thing. We haven't seen much of that this year from Clary. So uh, at this point, yeah, uh, Homsch in, I can understand. I really hope Clary lists because I think that it is best he's a better player than Homsch. Well, I think Homsch is, 
Hompsch is really playing the Hamish. Is going to be playing the Hamish Hartlett role, I would imagine. Don't you think the floater? Yeah, maybe. Um, maybe. Drop, drop in the drop in the hole, sort of uh, bit of a general in defence sort of thing. I guess we'll see. All right, that was a question. <laughs> Time to go. Oh, so, uh, th- right. thanks to our live listeners for tuning in and throwing stuff at us. Um, yeah, it was really good. Thank you, Rick, for coming on. Uh, You're and, welcome. Uh, thank you, all of you people listening to the podcast in the morning and uh, in the the coming days ahead. Who hopefully, hopefully, you're feeling a little bit more positive about the showdown than maybe you were before. Because I, I do see a path for us to get through. I do think that, and I think that the way that we can get through is an exciting game of football. Is to actually take on our opponents. It's to be courageous and all the things that we used to claim to be and that we used to be coached to be. Um, and if you know if we do that, we can very much win this game. There, don't listen to pessimist Rick. I'm, yeah. I'm one win away. I'm one win away from being an optimist again. Rick, Florida. <laughs> Florida, <laughs> Rick. No, Rick, Florida. That sounds like a car salesman. It's good. <laughs> yeah. All right. There, there's, a lot, there's a lot of car bargains over here. Oh, I bet there are. Oh, they're so cheap. Cars yeah. are so cheap over here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's a car country. Yeah. All right. It's um, amazing. In that case, let's just say, can't fort. Can I have some water, please? Water. Can the power and going. Bye, 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 bye. Bye. Ciao. Gathered though by Broadbent through the middle of the ground. Now a long kick down in the Paul Stewart direction. He marks and plays on. He keeps his footing. Got away from Ferrito.